Pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. How are you, Steve? I'm okay, thanks Simon. It's been my daughter's second birthday today, so it's been quite an intense day. Happy birthday, Steve's daughter. We're not, obviously <laughs> not going to say the name on uh, on, on uh, radio, are we, in case she not. gets her, her identity gets stolen? I'm a, I'm a very private person, Simon. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a busy day. Uh, busy day, not full of video games. In fact, uh, for the second week in a row, I have not looked at the news. I'm going to call up uh, one of those websites in a second, see what grabs my fancy. How are you? What's what's going on over there in your shed? Well, I'm glad that you've done something that you can recall, uh, even if it is only from today. Um, yeah, I don't know what's happened this week whatsoever. So, um, second birthday though, is she showing any? Is she showing any signs of uh, interest in video games yet? Well, she. Um, so she has a few noted points of interest in video games she has uh taken to reciting the opening bar of parappa the rapper uh oh, stage you've one mentioned this yeah mentioned yeah. that on the radio show she has her own uh own soft toy version of roy from uh mario kart the best yeah. well from the mario universe but specifically mm-hmm. the best character in mario kart don't at me and uh she also has a bowser which she calls mr b She's very formal, <laughs> very formal. Uh, beyond nice. that, the the only um, the only video game she's really played, as such, or sort of uh, sat by me as I've played it, is Animal Crossing. She likes watching, she likes watching me go fishing in Animal Crossing, uh, but you know, in that adorable uh, two year old way, doesn't know what it's called. Uh, she thinks fishing in Animal Crossing is called physics. There's been some confusion, <laughs> so she walks around. Going, Daddy, Daddy, want physics, want physics. Don't so, we all though? Yeah, don't we of course. all, Steve's daughter. <laughs> well, as a um, as a glimpse into the future, mm. what you'll be you're doing, you're, you're about one year down the track, aren't you? From me, <laughs> well, so. I was going to go further into the future okay. in terms of children. My twelve-year-old uh, son this week um, has been dealing uh, with Minecraft server hackers. I bought him uh, a couple of weeks ago. I st- I paid for. Um, a Minecraft server for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that does, mm-hmm. um, but I linked it to my account, so I will at least be able to see um, how much it's costing me, um, and and uh, also keep an eye on him. Started getting some notifications that the server had been suspended, <laughs> been hacked, didn't he? Hacked had he been hacked within, though? Within a yeah, he had yeah. Within a month of uh, of uh, setting it up, he'd installed some dodgy scripts, right? And he and he had his hosting company. Come down on him like a ton of bricks, voxel bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very so, good. Uh, yeah, look forward to that. 
Well, we are a video game radio show. We've been doing this for a while, which is why we both have children. It just happens. <laughs> you just, just hang out, hang out for long enough. You get bored of video games. Yeah. You start <laughs> Nothing having else kids. to do. You have kids. Um, and then you have to find a way to play video games in between looking after those kids. Uh, have you played any games this week? Do you know what? I had to look at my Twitter timeline to to, re- to recall whether I had. <laughs> I have played Sun. Have I played any new ones? No, but okay. I can. Um, I think I can. I can now reach an official conclusion about one of the games I've been playing. Fantastic! I've played uh, three. I think so. Hey, we'll be talking be okay, about those. Steve. Talk about those in the review section uh, later on. That'll happen at about twenty minutes to the hour. If you're listening to this on Resonance One Hundred Four Point Four FM, our host radio station. If you're listening to the podcast, you can just skip to it right now. <laughs> That's assuming you don't want to hear the letters section, which more fool you, because we've got two cracking letters this week, uh, or the news, which is coming up right now. All right, Simon, as I said, I am flying blind right now, so you're going to have to start. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I'm going to to kick us off with uh, Eurogamer's Vicky Blake, who wrote today, 7th of March, as we record, yesterday as we broadcast. Today's my mother's 70th birthday, by the way. Oh, happy birthday, her. Friend of the show, my mother. (laughs) (laughs) Guest of the show, of course, remember? Yeah, that's true, that's true, that's true. Uh, she's uh, she's having a lovely day in Florida. Right, uh, Vicky Blake writes, Take-Two's CEO reckons we're ready, in inverted commas, for $70 video games. <laughs> Talking at the Morgan Stanley Technology, Media and Telecom Conference this week and transcribed by our friends at VGC, Zelnick was asked to expand on why the publisher had decided to add $10 to the price of NBA 20, 2K21. The first publisher to... Confirm a price hike for next-gen video games, Zelnick said the decision came because the game offered an array of extraordinary experiences and the last frontline price increase in the US was 15 years ago. We announced a $70 price point for NBA 2K21. We, we, our view was that we're offering an array of extraordinary experiences, lots of replayability in the last... Sorry, I don't know why they... Why have they put the quote... Why have they pulled out the comment, the exact comments from the quote? Just They spoiled the quote. <laughs> Um, so there we go. Uh, he adds, uh, we haven't said anything about pricing other titles so far. We tend to make announcements on a title by title basis. But I think our view is that we want to always deliver more value than what we charge, making sure the consumer has the experience and the, sorry, making sure the consumer has the experience and the experience of paying for it. Both the positive experiences, he added. Mm. I'm going to stop reading. I'm, I'm, I'm going to back away from this news story. It's starting to confuse me. Um, anyway, Steve, are you ready? I'm for- not ready. <laughs> was he specifically targeting that us? Was he saying, I think those two are ready for it right now? Because he's got it wrong. I'm not ready to pay He has got it wrong. He has got it wrong. Entirely wrong. I'm, um, I've become so price sensitive that I'm almost paralysed um, when it comes to buying anything. Um uh, yeah, and, and and even though we, you know we we compare games to um, other uh, things you can buy, mm-hmm. coffee, films, um, I'm still yeah I'm still struggling to uh, to uh, commit when I know that they're going to be cheaper tomorrow. The sort of uh, the price structure of video games has has uh, changed dramatically in the last twenty years, hasn't it? Because I think for a while, certainly in the early two thousands, video games were. 30 uh, to 40 quid and that was basically it um you'd get budget games as well but those budget games were typically um games that had been on the market for a while right like they were discounted into budget ranges and so you'd be able to pick them up for 10 or 15 quid as well um and now i i guess uh, two things i mean the dominance of, of Steam as a publishing platform, but more than that, the rise of indies and the democratization of the ability, you know, the ability to make games. Uh, and, and I don't say the demise of a publisher, especially to someone who works at a publisher. Excuse me. But the ability. I'll be talking about the, de- the demise of lecturers, who <laughs> you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. 
the ability of humans to uh, self-publish and set their own prices has meant that um, these days there aren't just top range, you know, 40 quid or, or, or $50 uh, experiences right there's games across the target across across the range and i don't think th- i think the issue here is not that the you know the price is jumping up to 70 dollars. i think that'd be much more uh understandable if games were 70 dollars across the board because they could do that but no one's holding that line right like these days you can get fantastic uh i, w- I would say triple a quality indie experiences for 20 dollars or 25 dollars um and uh you know the 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 reason that you can i i i mean all of those quotes in the uh from um from the article struck me as nonsense specifically the ones talking about like entertainment and you know quality and all of the the you know the stuff that they're offering to the consumer which presumably they were also offering when they were 60 dollars right they would have said well, that exactly yeah um but yeah the the one that the, the the thing that cuts straight to the sort of point is why are they doing this? Because they can. Because they'll get away with it. Because the titles that are charging seventy dollars are so established that everyone wants the new, uh, uh, you know, the new uh, what is this NBA? Uh, NBA two K twenty one, which uh, seventy dollars for the game. Mm-hmm. You call up um, games website now, game.co.uk. It's the first mm-hmm. time I've done that in a long time. Uh, you can also buy for NBA 20, 2K21 35,000 VCs that the in get the game's virtual currency. Mm-hmm. They'll cost you seven pounds ninety nine. Wow. Seventy five thousand VCs is sixteen pounds. All the way up to four hundred and fifty thousand VCs cost you an extra eighty pounds. This is in game currency that you can earn within the game, but this will enable you to skip ahead and unlock other bits and bobs. So, uh, not only are we ready. $70 video game, but uh, they're also selling uh, ESD cards uh, for £80 for almost half a million virtual currencies, right? That's one mm. thing. On the other hand, NBA 2K21 launched straight into Game Pass as well. So <laughs> I'm getting a bit confused here about how much how much anything is. Yeah, I, I also really bristled at the start of that news article where it's someone talking to the Morgan Stanley conference about how, yeah, we're ready. You know, that they're, they're ready, those those people. I don't know, maybe... Uh, consumers, consumers. Consumers are ready, it, yeah. not like... Well, we'll guys. see. I th- You know, um, what was the last... Uh, I'm trying to think, the last time I spent 70, the equivalent of $70, what's that... 55 pounds on a video game uh it must be something that had a peripheral right with it it must be something that came with something so ring fit might have cost me that yes maybe yep. 50 quid maybe 60 quid um otherwise if you're happy to wait for a triple if you're happy to wait four weeks for a triple a game it will be 30 percent off at least uh, um, at the end of its first month, um, or if it's um, if it's an Ubisoft game, it's often cheaper than that. And, and I think people are getting used to this. So I don't know. Do you start higher so that the, the discounts don't hurt so much? Is that is that what's going on? Maybe, maybe so. I mean, you're the you're the one who works at a publisher. I'm just a lecturer, so no idea. <laughs> All right, I've got a news story. Um, Valve, Blizzard, Bungie, and Riot Vets. Uh, that's you know, not vets who work on animals. Veterans. Raised $37.5 million to launch a new studio. Industry veterans from Blizzard, Bungie, Riot Games and Valve have read... I've done that thing again, where I've read out the first... Yeah. This is from Garma Sutra. We would have learned by now. Okay. Yeah, this is from Garma Sutra. Or can they change their their, their working practices just to to, make it easier for us? All right, so Chris, we know the editor. Do. You know, we're we're on good terms. Just can you just stop doing that, please? All right, so imagine I'd said the title again. Um, uh, NetEase have led the funding round into the nascent studio. They were joined by NEA Bitcraft Ventures, Griffin Gaming Partners, and Sisu Game Ventures. Based out of Seattle and Los Angeles, Theorycraft... Theorycraft, interesting name, will use the cash to expand its development team with diverse and driven talent as it works to create. Here's what the game's going to be, Simon. So, okay. see how exciting you sound about this. 
I'm going to pay $70 for it. A community-driven PvP title for multiple platforms. Oh, that's what I want, isn't it? What do you gamers want? We want a PvP uh, something else for multiple platforms. Well, these are people who have worked on League of Legends, Halo, Destiny, Overwatch, Valorant, and Team Fortress 2 there. So there's a lot of uh, PvP in that um World well, I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of is my interest. You know, I've, I've <laughs> barely played any of those games. I mean, like, if you put those games in a cupboard mm. and locked it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't notice. <laughs> I, 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 it would barely register with me. Have you... How much do you know about League of Legends? Not very, very little. How would you describe it? It's 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 a PvP experience <laughs> for multiple platforms. More do you want to know? So, League of Legends arrived. What was it? A decade ago or something? Like I don't know what like I did that. this week. Genuinely, I to remember that. Genuinely, uh, I think that was a pivotal moment in my my life in video games when that game rocked up and everyone was talking about it and everyone was playing it i thought it's too many games i'm not going to learn about it don't know i'm out um i've seen a couple of pictures i all right here's here's how i it's unfair of me to pose that question to you when if you would pose that question to me <laughs> i would have no clue so here's what i know about league of legends um go top down I think broadly, yeah. You control a hero. You're on a team of champion. Actually, I, I'm on the website All now. Right. <laughs> <That's cheating. laughs> All right, you control a champion. You're on a team of five people, and you've got to use your uh, champion's abilities to beat the other team. So that's another thing. So this is the PvP element, right? And there's something called lanes, and there's something called jungling. And it doesn't say this on the website. Right, well, I, I'm, you know, this is a community knowledge, Simon. This might not be official <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well. and, and it's not as simple as, like, you know, Rocket League scoring a goal or anything. It's all to do with, like, owning parts of the map and accruing, you know, gold and then using that and stuff to spend. And it's not clear on who's winning. Basically, the UI, because I have looked at a screenshot to try and understand what's going on, is impenetrable. It's like a thousand different boxes and bars ticking up all over the place. And the only other thing I know about it, apart from all of that, is it is toxic. Right. I, I don't know what, I, what toxic means. I just know it's toxic. It's toxic. League is toxic. That's a thing. Um, you are describing it differently to the official okay. uh, website, which says it's a team-based strategy game where two teams of five powerful champions That's face exactly off to destroy- what I said. Etc. 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 But but my point is, I am. Uh, this text is over. Um, is running over a video which I am watching now, mm-hmm. and I, I genuinely, if I was to shut my eyes in view to then show me a screenshot of League of, Le- of, League of Legends, I would not. I would not recognise <laughs> it. There is something about this that is just instantly forgettable. Yeah. So, listen, I, look. <laughs> I'm not young, okay? I'm the opposite of that. And so I can't imagine what what must be worse than hearing two old men ramble on about something <laughs> that they don't understand. But yeah, that 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 that, that means I feel nothing mm. looking at this or reading this. Mm. Leo likes it, doesn't he? Leo Tan. Yeah, but he's he's young. He's uh, handsome. Younger. Younger. Handsome. He still likes it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know <sighs> why why have we why have we never been drawn to this? Was it because it was PC first before we were back on PCs? You know, if we had commitment to this bit, uh, what would happen now is we'd do a sort of mini documentary series where we both form League of Legends teams. And over 12 parts, uh, you know, playing out exclusively on One Life Left over the next 12 weeks, we put our team together and then it builds up to a climax where we play each other, we live stream that, and um, we're not going to do that. Win. (laughs) Both win. (laughs) Everyone's a winner. We win it. Okay, I'm going to close that tab now. Uh, anything else to add on that, Steve? Nothing. Or should we move on? Move okay. On. Well, uh, Video Games Chronicles. Um, 
I was going to say confirms the story that we've been talking about, but it doesn't. It adds to the speculation. Switch Pro will reportedly have a 7-inch OLED screen and start production in June. Uh, Nintendo's long-rumoured Switch Pro hardware will reportedly enter production in June, writes Chris Scullion. Uh, Bloomberg claims that the updated version of the Switch will contain a new 7-inch Samsung OLED screen as well um, as opposed to the 6.2-inch and 5.5-inch LCD screens of the current standard model and the Switch Lite, respectively. According to the report, the new display will be manufactured by Samsung and will start production in June. Again, it's not moving the story on that, is it? Um, despite the large... <laughs> despite these, are they paid by the word? Um, despite the larger screen, the Switch will continue to display content in 720p resolution handheld mode, according to Bloomberg, but will be able to support a 4K display when docked. I'm going to uh, summarise the rest. Um, so uh, the reason why they're sticking with 720 is to conserve battery life. Um, and they argue, and this is the interesting point, that the upscaling will be uh, handled similarly to NVIDIA's DLSS technology, uh, which is how that will handle the significant resolution jump, which is interesting. That's the most... I, I picked this story because that is what's interesting to me, is that a lot of people are talking about um, the fact that it will be 4K with, when docked, but, but no one's sort of asking, like, how is that going to happen? Um mm. Uh, you know, uh, if it was to be 4K native, that wouldn't just be a, oh, it's got a seven-inch OLED screen. You'd need a, a whole new um, uh, 3D processing unit in there um, because it's not it's not trivial to go from 1080 to 4K. Um, and so just to expect it to magically do that when you place it in a dock, I think, um, is ambitious. And so it's interesting to hear that it will be, um, of course, it is an in, it's an NVIDIA chipset in the Switch anyway. Um, and they've been leading the way when it's coming to, when it comes to DLSS um, upscaling. So, uh, yeah, if that's the way that they're going to do it, that sounds super smart. I don't understand DLSS. I do know what it stands. <laughs> I don't understand it. I know what it stands for. Um, deep learning super sampling, mm -hmm. and I know that it's um, it's becoming easier for developers to enable it um, in engine, uh, in Unreal certainly. There's just a tick box. Do you want do you want to use this? Off it goes, um, and then that will enable um, hardware that doesn't necessarily have the grunt to display 4K natively to uh, to upscale its visuals. So that's interesting, isn't it? No. No? <laughs> no. I, I don't get this, Simon. In fact, this subject came up on, uh, you know, the secret Facebook group that I'm in and, and I you're don't not. Know. No, uh, I don't pretty know. much everyone we we know is in, uh, I think. I see everyone in there. Anyway, um, this came <laughs> was, up. Was it full? Was it full? <laughs> Do I have to wait for somebody to die? One in, one out. That's what... Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, Simon, we're at the age now. It won't be long. Well, it might be me. I'm waiting patiently. With my blessing, you can take my spot. So, okay. um, yeah, the question came up, you know, that this this rumour, which, uh, just as an aside, this news article that you just read out seems to be entirely based on the author reading an article on Bloomberg. Uh, yep. That's why it said, reportedly. How do yep. Bloomberg know? Do we know? Ba, 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 ba. I'm going to click on the Bloomberg link and yep. say that... Um, People familiar with the plan said, Steve. <laughs> okay. okay. You know those people familiar with the plan? Oh, those people. Bloomberg went and asked them. <laughs> right. Okay. Hands up if you know the plan. Um, I do not know the plan. Anyway, this came up in the group and um, and the question was posed, you know, does this... If you look at the sort of titles that are on the Switch and the sort of titles that do well on the Switch as well... How many of the games that people in that group at least regularly play uh, really would benefit from 4K? Wouldn't you all rather they were locked to 60 frames per second? Because sometimes the switch chokes a bit, frame rate drops. You know, you know, maybe you could even lock it to 120. Wouldn't that make the games better? And the general answer was absolutely. The thing that improves improves the game experience across the board is frames per second, not resolution, but no one uh, in the street, none, none of you know the consumers that we had, um, we had the Morgan Stanley lot <laughs> chatting about earlier. None of them 
could care less about the frames per second thing. Everyone knows whether they've got a 4K TV or not. And that's fundamentally what this is about. It's not about um, the games, really, but it's about the marketing. Yes, uh, I can see that. Um, what um, what the Xbox does, um, I can tell you because I have one. I don't mm-hmm. know what the PlayStation does, reportedly it plays <laughs> games. Uh, but that offers you a couple of um, options. It generally offers you 4K mm-hmm. or performance at 120 okay. um, or 60 frames. And so um, many of their games, I'm not certain it's all of them, um, uh, will offer that choice, which I think is really good. Um, I agree. It would be nice to know that the um, that those choke points that the Switch, because that's the worry, right? Is that if they if they introduce a Switch Pro that you know straddles the original Switch and whatever comes next, it it it, it implies that you know if it launches later this year, that'll be four and a half years into the Switch's life cycle. So what's that? Is that that's at least another three, maybe four until. Nintendo will come out with a completely new set of mm. high, uh, of, of uh, hardware, and that um, it is already um, so. It does already sometimes struggle on multi multi We've uh, talked about this before, and so if it's uh, if it's um, if they're just uh, papering over the cracks at the moment, you know, then by the end of the life cycle, what what is it going to look like? You know, what what type of games will it run? Nintendo has never had any problems delivering beautiful visuals at 60 frames a second Mm. um, for its first party titles. I I think with a few exceptions, um, you know, and then there's always the Lost Woods um, in uh, in Breath of the Wild, uh, which um, which doesn't, (laughs) Mm. which I think goes down to sort of single figures sometimes. But 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 generally speaking, all of the first party, so they know how to get the best out of it. But it's it's for other developers that are using. off-the-shelf engines uh, that are really going to struggle with making games for it. You know, I think um, in the in the publishing world, it's really tricky if you're looking to uh, to work with a developer now to know whether they're going to be able to do a Switch version for a game that's out in two years. Um, so, yeah, it's clear that, that some extra hard, uh, processing uh, would be helpful. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, you, would, you would hope that it's... Um, it's a decent solution, really, that, that we'll see them through to whatever that they do next. Have you got any other news stories? Because I've been browsing I the do. front page of VG247, um, and it's all about games. I, I get that's the point, uh, but they're all about individual games, things like, oh, check out the Monster Hunter World gameplay trailer. Are you excited about that? Oh, this is for the board game. Are you excited about that? Mm. Uh, no, no and no. Okay. Um, uh, I, 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 am, I am likely to buy Monster Hunter Rise. I'm likely to, mm. um, and then I'll play it for a bit and go. Why does everybody like this? Among Us um, has introduced a quick chat option. I heard about that. Have you played Among Us? Nope. Nope. Too old. We are too old. You're not allowed to. Literally <laughs> frowned <laughs> <laughs> <Sound> upon. <laughs> uh, uh, the news. Well, the, my final news story again okay. was from Video Games Chronicle, and it was uh, posted by Andy Robinson today. Or yesterday, depending on when you're listening. Xbox consoles, new web browser can run Google Stadia. Mm. Uh, Google Stadia can now run on Xbox consoles via Microsoft's public test for its new Edge Chromium-powered browser. As reported by The Verge, Xbox testers in the Alpha Skip Ahead group can now access the updated Microsoft Edge web browser on Xbox One and Xbox Series SX consoles. Thanks to the improved compatibility support with Chromium, the browser will run Google Stadia streaming service and allow Xbox console players to access its library of cloud games. As noted in a video by Thoret's Brad Sams, the browser could even allow console players to stream games to their console via Microsoft's own xCloud in the future once Microsoft publicly adds web browser support. This is, um, again, this is interesting, isn't it? Because um, with Stadia originally, you needed um, a... uh, So if I was trying to stream um, my Stadia games to my samsung android tablet before support had been officially enabled i needed to um, install a different uh, um, apk that would basically i mean yes you, you you could stream it to the browser but it was getting the controllers to work was the um was the issue so if you if whoever if 
running it on Chromium on the Xbox lets the Xbox controllers work seamlessly, then um, yeah, that's, I think that's, that's not necessarily exciting now, but what it could do in the future is enable you, like, could enable you to play uh, other streaming services on your Xbox. And uh, mm. we talked uh, we talked last week about how. Well, I I asked you as the you know person in the know if you thought that Microsoft might be getting out of the hardware business because we talked last week about uh, Microsoft games being uh, Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass being platform agnostic, right? Like mm. that you can run that on PC. And the, mm. um, the idea that you might be able to run Xbox games on your phone through a browser. But if you are able to run the sort of Xbox ecosystem through a browser, and then you could potentially run Stadia inside the Xbox ecosystem. <laughs> wow. Think about, think about what you could do. I, I don't know. No. <laughs> but, but it seems like something. <laughs> Maybe. I- well, the, the interesting one, I think, will be if they can get GeForce Now working on um, Chromium on your Xbox, therefore opening up the Steam library. Right, yes. Sorry, sorry, I say opening up the Steam library. I mean opening up the titles that the publishers have agreed to, to allow mm. to run on GeForce Now. Is that most of them? It's not the big boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think Activision do. I don't think Ubisoft do. Um I can tell you that uh, we do because uh, I am all for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's it. It was an interesting one when the subject first came up because the instinct from a publisher is to go, okay, uh, how 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 are we being paid for this? And and actually, with GeForce Now, of course, you've you've already been paid, right? Because the consumer has spent uh, seventy dollars on on your game already. So why should you get any more? It's like asking them to pay you more money when they buy a new graphics card. But that's not how some of the big boys see it. And so yeah, I don't think you can play those games from those publishers on GeForce now at the moment, which is a real shame. That's why they're getting rich off seventy dollar games and Well exactly. Premium currency. Virtual currency, yeah. Alright, uh thank you, Simon. One life left video game news with All right, we're back. This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, we'll be playing some chiptune music in the background, probably right now. Uh, I can't tell you what that is, only that it's brilliant and that I will select it after the show tonight. If you want to know the name of the artist, please, please go to our show notes. They're at www.onelifeleft.com, uh, uploaded. As our podcast always is, uh, by our undercaretaker, Phil. Thank you. To him. Thank you, Phil. Uh, last week we did play Leo Harvey's uh, tune, um, so so he did um, let us know that there might be some swears in them. And yep, sure enough, the first song that I downloaded did have some swears in it. <laughs> um, I don't think the one we broadcast on the radio did, uh, but uh, it was really good. I thought um, so. Uh, his 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 band is called Just Say Nay. The album was from Maximum Effort, which you can find on Spotify, uh, and the group are available on Facebook and Instagram. I very much enjoyed it. So thanks for sending those in, Leo. 
If you are listening to the show and you want us to play your tenuously related... <laughs> if you want us to play your tenuously video game related music on the show, uh, let us know. You can do that by emailing in... Team at onelifeleft.com It is time for the letters. As uh, mentioned earlier, we had at least two letters this week, didn't we? We did. Let's kick off with Tom Burmeister, who wrote in four hours ago. Thank you, Tom. Hi, Team OLL and potential SSG. Just want to say thanks for the reception of my letter last week. But I'm hearing that you wanted encouraging more correspondence. A gnawing sense of guilt has overtaken me, and I wanted to come clean. Firstly, I got so excited when I came up with the question in the shower last week that I actually sent a tweaked version of it to two podcasts, which might explain the bluntness of its delivery. I feel really bad if my double dipping got exposed without me trying to get ahead of the story. I don't want to reveal the name of the other podcast, partly for fun, see if you can guess, Clue, it's a PC gaming one, and partly because they may not read it out anyway. So wouldn't want to expose myself as a try-hard listener who desperately seeks validation from esteemed video game luminaries for any of my opinions and observations about games. Secondly, I have actually been a long-time listener. I remembered the Dan Marshall running days and threw in my recent running activities at the beginning of the letter in the hopes of eliciting such a response. I feel ashamed. I should have been up front rather than present myself as unaware of what I was doing. However... I do appreciate the encouragement on running because as a 110 kilogram, 37 year old bearded game man, it feels like the hardest thing I've ever done. No picture attached because to be frank, I suspect you don't need one. Keep up the amazing work. P.S. to be clear, this whole email is partly in jest. I'm not overcome with depression or anything. At least I hope not. Probably don't read this. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put that bit at the end, eh? Uh, Lots of love, Tom. Tom, uh, uh, thanks for fessing up. I think that's uh, that's very honest of you. It doesn't matter either way, of course. I'm going to guess that this podcast you sent into was the Backpage podcast. And I'll be listening out to see whether <laughs> you do indeed feature on both. Um, have you had any secrets, Steve, that have come out of letter writing? Ever? So, what, when I've written letters in? Yes. Huh, what a question. Uh, well, it's a question I ask because I've got an of answer. Of course you do. You answer the question and I'll have a think. Well, before I got um, in, before I was employed on a video games magazine back in the early 90s, um, I was a video game magazine reader. Uh, and I used to thoroughly enjoy a uh, video game, sorry, computer game magazine, Amiga Power at the time. Uh, very much so. In fact, I applied for a job on Amiga Power, uh, got rejected by the then editor Matt Bealby, um, and Stuart Campbell was the staff writer. Oh, what could have been? <laughs> I could have been the new Stewie, and uh, or the old Stewie, causing trouble in uh, Scottish politics now. <laughs> um, but still, you know, I didn't let that dampen my enthusiasm for the magazine, and I had a letter printed in... Um, it was like episode, oh, episode, uh, issue seven or nine, I think, of Amiga Power. Uh, I had Gary Bracey on the front cover. Anyway, it was a sarcastic letter, which basically was really, really fawning towards Amiga Power, um, uh, saying how much I loved it. And I was taking the mickey out of other Amiga magazines. Uh, how chuffed was I to see my name in print for the first time? Well, I was a little less... Well, I was still chuffed, actually. But I eventually got a job on The One magazine, uh, which was Amiga Power's rival. Thankfully, not one that I directly referenced when I was taking the mickey out of other games magazines. Um, But still, that was a dirty little secret that I had for a few months while I was working on The One, knowing that I'd had a letter printed in Amiga Power (laughs) a few months before before I joined. Um, The guilt became too much for me. And there was a period in uh, The One's life when uh, Gary Witter had left to go off and write Star Wars. Uh, and it just left me and David Upchurch writing the magazine. I, th- I think we, between us, we wrote all of three months worth of... Uh, th- three, mo- three issues worth of copy. Uh, it was relentless. I don't think we had a day off like at all, even weekends for three months. But during one of those dark nights, I fessed up to David Upchurch and said, look, got something, I've got something to tell you. He said... I had a letter printed in Amiga Power, um, joking about... Actually, it was slagging off CU Amiga, which was the one sister magazine. 
um, I told him and he looked up and he went, oh, that was you. He, he said, we were sure they'd made that letter up. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I think anyway, he was pleased I fessed up and I was already I was already past. I'd passed my probation by that time. So uh, there wasn't a lot that they could do about it. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I feel your guilt, Tom. No harm done. Hello, team. Hello, SSG, writes longtime correspondent Robert Wells. I've recently been introduced to the oddment that is Diddy Kong Racing for the N64. I'd always assumed all of those games were just lesser versions of Mario Kart. Surely you just change the characters, change the power-ups, and Bob's your uncle. But Diddy Kong Racing is a cross between Mario Kart and Banjo-Kazooie. Yes, there's power-up based go-kart racing, but there's an overworld that you drive around. There are hidden secrets in the racetracks that open up new levels. There's narrative drive to some definition of those words. What game surprised you? What book did you judge by its cover before you saw the hidden compartments within? Also, what games would you like to mash up? It's the classic one-sentence pitch, but what X meets Y would float your boat? Pip-Pip Robert. I love Diddy Kong Racing. In fact, that's one of my... uh... N64 emulator titles we were talking about them last mm. week um, if the emulator is running well I do fire it up um, and it's uh, yeah I, it's it's, well, it's it's aged well funnily I enough I've never played it because I assumed it was a um, <laughs> it was a lesser version of Mario Kart <laughs> so there we go thank you for that Robert I will I'll definitely check it out you know I thought about um, what X speaks why I was I should write you know I, I mentioned that I was going to learn Unity which I haven't I haven't done mm-hmm. Um, but I thought about crossing a, um, a horizontal 2D shooter, mm-hmm. R-type, yep. uh, with, a, with, uh, with a deck builder. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do, I think. Didn't you, uh, didn't you tell, uh, me or us on the radio show that deck builders, like everybody is making a deck builder and has been for several they years are, now? They are, I've not seen a 2D shoot 'em up uh, cross with Deb. But no, um, the reason, well, so I, 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 A, I will never make this. Mm-hmm. And B, if I did, I wouldn't expect it to be a success. Mm. I've only ever earned £60 out of the three games that I've made. And that was paid once mm. uh, by Google because of the, I generated sufficient ad revenue <laughs> um, and has been paid never, never since. Um, no, but the reason why I was thinking about that was that actually, um, if you had a, if you had a, like a, a single level 2D uh, spaceship shoot. All the cards are, Steve, are just changing variables, aren't they? That's... Rate of fire, size of bullets. So it, it makes you look like you're, the game will make you appear that you're cleverer than you are and actually mm. you're just adjusting variables. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, that is game development. It's just adjusting variables. That's all the it code is, does. But... Yeah, but the, but you but you make the player think they're being clever by just playing the cards, mm-hmm. and all you're doing is, is is just what's going on under the hood anyway. Just variables, mate. It's just variables. Um, Robert Wells followed up by saying, "Oh, so go on." I was going to say Robert Wells followed up by saying, <laughs> "Go on." P.S. Like your correspondent last week, I almost bought the Bitmap Brothers record when it was marked as in stock, and it was only when searching my emails for account details that I came across my pre-order confirmation. It arrived the next morning. The irony there, of course, is that the reason that I uh, jumped in there was that I was searching my emails for more letters to One Life Left, <laughs> which which listed his as a second one, so I wasn't certain whether you'd seen it. So there we go. Mm. I'm still trying to think of his question about what game surprised me. What game surprised you? I don't know. We can't even remember what's happened to us in the last week, let alone recall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Listen, if you are listening to the show and you have an answer to Robert's brilliant question, what game surprised you? You know, you thought it was going to be one thing and it was something completely different. Why not write in? Team at onelifeleft.com.
Right, this is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're, you know, about a quarter of an hour, 20 minutes from the end. Ah, oh, it's the end. Is it the end of a long week? The beginning of another long week? Is that what's going on, is it? I don't know. It feels like the end of a long week um, to me, and then you realise it's Monday tomorrow morning. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's fine. I do have uh, something else I wanted to... A bit of... Bit of, I guess it's video game adjacent news I wanted to talk about on the show. Um, did you see this thing with Twitter and uh, cryptocurrency this week? I mean, I've got to be careful here because you know, I'm one. I've I've never been so. I've never been at the start of anything that has become mm-hmm. big, right? So mm-hmm. I'm already too late into this sort of thing. Secondly, whenever I do decide to jump onto something, its value immediately diminishes, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Um, And so a few weeks ago, uh, James Marsden from Future Lab on Facebook was talking about a cryptocurrency called Hedra. And uh, he's like, you know, it's it's this is going to be massive. And I found myself... um, opening a coinbase account <laughs> right i don't know what i'm doing um and that needed me to send off identity yeah so anyway like that i haven't made any great steps there but um what i do on a sunday just before the show is i'll i'll, I'll scroll through my i'll find some new stories and i'll share them in google keep from my phone so when i come to the shed them on the browser and i can re- i can read them out and a reminder of my idiocy is that i've got a public key for for my Hedra wallet, which is empty at the moment. Mm. But this is how far I've got. I've got a string of numbers and letters uh, for something that I will... I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to read out I, letters and numbers now? Like on the show? There's loads of it's them. A, it's there's a public key. Share it. Yeah, I don't know what it Give means. Simon some Hedra. So, yeah. I, I, but then lots of people are talking about it. Um, Martin from Churches. He's a big cryptocurrency man, Listen. Now, isn't he? Listen, <laughs> musicians are going through a tough time at the moment. Obviously, right. lockdown has affected everyone deeply, not just financially, but psychologically. But musicians in particular like, don't have anywhere to be or anything to do. And that is nowhere more evident than on Martin's Twitter <laughs> account, which is now 24-7 crypto chat. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, go on. We are, we're a little bit off. Uh, off topic here which is sorry um i saw that um i saw that uh you can now buy tweets i don't know if you've seen this so um there is a third party company which has basically acquired the rights for you know proof of ownership in some weird way i.e only one person is ever allowed to and i'm doing lots of air quotes which the listeners cannot see but can imagine own that tweet it doesn't really mean anything apart from you've got a certificate saying you can own it but sure enough having done this i believe uh bidding at the time of writing for jack's first tweet jack being the dude who is the face of twitter the ceo his the bidding for his first tweet has got up to two million dollars of real money at this point you don't get anything other than a certificate saying yeah yeah you've got this thing um so yeah, I just wondered whether there are any tweets you would pay money for. Uh, any gaming-related tweets? Well, no, is the no. answer. Um, <laughs> are you asking a question because you do have no. an answer? No, 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 I don't have an answer, but I, I'm thinking right. So my immediate thought was, this is awful. I hate it, but it is going to make some people a lot of money. Now, my first thought was, okay, which tweets are going to be valuable? And I, I see, I'm like, okay, what would I pay for? Or maybe I'd pay for Taylor Swift's tweet announcing an album, right? Because Taylor fans are going to want to have that, even though having it means nothing other <laughs> than having a certificate going, because it feels like you're getting closer to the artist somehow, right? You've got this piece of memorabilia, which again means nothing. It's not a physical thing. It's not connected to anything. It's invented. But of course, just as there is around music, there is a lot of cultishness and obsessiveness around video games. Um, and if I were, uh, were, you know, Take Two, who we've established, have a lot of interest in monetizing things, uh, I would start thinking about the tweets that I've made through the official Take Two account, you know, the tweet announcing GTA 5 
presumably that's got some value. What I'm saying, Simon, is register an account. Get on it. Yeah, I will bid do, ten dollars. Yeah, straight on it. Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. I, 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 I don't quite know how this has happened, but it feels to me that the contents of tonight's show have been exclusively things we don't understand. <laughs> Things that two old men don't know about. Maybe that's the theme of One Life Left from now on. Should we get on with the reviews and talk about stuff that we know? Sort of. All right. um, Which of the games that you've been playing are you ready to give us a definitive verdict on? Definitive answer. Um, So... Uh, last week, I updated you on my progress in Super Mario 3D World, a game up until then that I was mostly enjo- sorry, uh, very much enjoying. Um, my frustrations with it last week was that in order to access the final area, which I'd already uh, not um, accounted for in, in when I was judging how far away from finishing it was I, um, uh, that required me to go back to earlier levels to get some additional green stars so that I would have enough uh, to unlock that final world um, and off we go. Um, and so anyway, I did that. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're keeping track of the story here is that what you'll what you'll have gathered is that I was already slightly behind the number of stars the game thought it I'd need. No problem, I thought. Okay, I'm just going to finish this final world and then I'll be off. Uh, so I did that. Now the uh, levels in the um, in the Bowser world are harder. Um, they've got some very tricky sections in, which makes um, deviating from the central route or... Um, you know, performing some obscene acts of skill in order to uncover, you know, what I assumed were bonus stars, um, less desirable, right? You're already at the end of a game you thought had finished a world ago. And what you're doing is just going through the motions in order to jump on someone's head three times and say that you've completed it. Anyway, so so what I'm doing then is getting from is getting from the start of a level to the end of a level. Mm. And if I encounter a green star along the way, I'll aim to grab it, but I certainly will not be uh, factoring that into my plans as all I want to do is get to see the credits. So I complete the level. I get from A to B, complete them, raise the flag at the end of the sections, get to the final level, and it needed. I needed more stars than I'd already got, knowing that I had already gone back to earlier levels in order to get some easy ones to enable me to open up this final area. I just thought... Mm. Well, I thought a word I can't say on the radio, Steve. <laughs> and I thought, like, is that what a what terrible way? You know, at least with something like um, Super Mario Odyssey. You know, I, I, I never, re- you know, that was built around the premise of moons mm. and collecting them, and you knew that that is what you needed to do in order to access subsequent worlds whereas here it was only towards the end that i felt that the number of stars i had was becoming important and at the end it's actually stopped me because i'm already playing it for longer than i would have liked to and now it's telling me to go back and play levels i've already done to go and so that's it i'm never going to see the end steve seven out of ten sorry to hear that simon uh fair review and fair score i think overall i've been playing three (laughs) games uh this week (laughs) <laughs> Go on. I'm going to stall on the second one because I'm trying to remember its name. I want to call it Raclette. I think I've remembered it. Okay, um, I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing a game called Raindrops, which is a rhythm action game on Steam, recommended to me, um, actually by uh, another third of churches by uh, Ian. Uh, it's a very very simple mouse-controlled rhythm action game where uh, raindrops, I guess the metaphor is, come in either side of the screen and collide with what amounts to a pong bat in the centre. And you've just got to move that pong bat up and down and click either left mouse button or right mouse button, depending on which side they are coming in from. Uh, And obviously they collide on the beat and on the significant notes of the pieces of music. Uh, It's beautifully done. It's a rhythm action um, system that I haven't seen before. And that always surprises me because, like, they're very, very, very simple games. This is essentially two buttons and up and down. Um, And yet I've not seen this implementation. It works really, really well. It's um, tracked with the music brilliantly as well. I've worked a lot on, on, on games like that in the past, and I 
recognize good tracking when I see it. And this is smart and makes you feel like you are directing the music. Uh, the only place it falls down for me is that I only have a laptop at the moment and it really doesn't work without a mouse. Um, I mean, it works, but you can see even the normal levels are really, really punishing and hard. So, uh, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely uh, one for people with desktop machines, I think. Uh, but yeah, I was really, really impressed. It's quite cheap as well, I think. Uh, thoroughly recommend it. I've just called it up. It looks impossible to me. Yeah. Four, £3.99, £4. £4. Um, second game is not Raclette, the cheese, uh, but Maquette. Uh, Maquette, yeah. By Annapurna Interactive, uh, published by Annapurna, um, who tend to publish a lot of video games that I absolutely love. This is... A cleverly executed story uh, about a relationship um, set uh, in San Francisco, but actually set in a magical world where scale is illusionary. Um, It is kind of a Russian doll game design. You move things in one world, and then you can move into a smaller version of that world and grab things from a smaller version of the world and put it in the bigger version of the world, or vice versa, to manipulate the environments. Uh, I've only played an hour and a half of it. I thought it was very, very clever. I thought the plot, while almost explicitly not for me, uh, was brilliantly executed. The acting was exceptional. Um, and the delivery of the introduction with fragments of thoughts appearing on scenery as you make your way through what amounts to a tutorial zone was brilliantly uh, put together. The atmosphere and the visual design is just gorgeous. I'm not sure I'll go back to it because I've had that moment of falling in love with it and I don't know. Well, it's hard to say, right? I, I, I guess I was quite... Did I talk about Super Luminal on the show? Super Luminal. I think you did, yes, because this is, this is very similar to that, isn't it? It's, it's a similar sort of puzzle setup, but with that game, I felt pretty badly burnt that I, I you know... After about an hour, I thought, this is cool and exciting and I love it. And after about four hours, I thought, yeah, you don't. it doesn't feel like you've fully explored the possibilities of this. And as a designer, I left disappointed. Here, uh, I don't want that to be the case, so I'm almost nervously backing away from it. But besides, so seven out of ten, besides, it's all irrelevant because I'm thoroughly addicted to the game that I'm going to talk about next. And I'm not even sure I like it. Uh, it is Loop Hero by Devolver right. Digital. Have, have you played <laughs> it's that? Done song? well, isn't it? And you know what? I have played it. I've played the demo, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't understand what the fuss is about. But I'm clearly in the minority because everybody seems to love it, and it's sold an extraordinary amount of copies. Right. So I'll tell you what the fuss is about, or. <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say I really didn't understand what the f was going on. <laughs> because that was my first impression, right? Uh, in Loop Hero, you are a character on a track moving around this path. Uh, basically, eternally, you play cards around the edge of this path. Uh, and those cards affect the character's journey and affect the character's experience. Essentially, you do very little apart from loot uh, pick up the uh, pick up the equipment. Simon, Simon's gesturing and saying. <laughs> so uh, Simon's uh, Simon's gesturing. Uh... I tell you what, I'll edit this bit out of the show. As yeah, well, do edit it out. No, so carry on, carry on. <laughs> Sorry, that's two bits we got to edit. Sorry. So uh, you. Um... You move around the track and you uh, fight monsters. You fight these monsters based on the cards that you're coming past. And most of the work that you do, most of the work that you do in the game is just looting. Uh, It is almost an idle game, a clicker, where you let the game unfold, you make small changes. uh, And those changes increase your understanding of the world and how to get more loot during the next loop that you play through. And for me, that's a place where I'm incredibly vulnerable on two fronts. One, I do not let myself play idle games, clickers, anymore because I am so weak to them. Once I start playing them, I cannot stop. And I do not, well, very rarely appreciate them at the end of it. Like, because usually it's just a waste of time, but I feel I have to do it. The second thing that I am vulnerable to in games is uh, learning. 
is understanding rules and processing them and going, okay, now I get it. Okay, now I get how I'm going to break it. Now I get how I'm going to improve my strategy. Oh, now I understand this rule set. And this is slightly different. I don't fully get it yet. I am honestly playing completely blind. Uh, it feels simultaneously new and like something that I've fallen prey to a million times before. I, I can't say I'm really enjoying it, but I can say I can't stop playing it. Seven out of ten. That's the best endorsement you can get for a game, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. I do. I, I do think it is beautiful. I like it's really visually well executed, as well. Uh, and yeah, I do think it's very very clever. But um, I'm worried. I'm worried about my state of mind, Simon. But. Who amongst us isn't? Indeed. All right, Simon. It's been a pleasure, as always. Uh, thank you for your company. See you next week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to Resonance, as usual. Thank you to all of you. Uh, good night. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.